T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from the Eurostep podcast, Ty Windish. Ty, what's going on, man? Oh, having a wonderful Buxton six day, of course. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's amazing just looking back because I didn't know exactly how I'd feel. You know, I didn't grow up a Bucks fan. I'm not from the area, but kind of jumped on the bandwagon with you guys, and you guys so graciously allowed me on for that run last year. And I didn't know if it was going to be like, all right, it's cool, it's been a year, but seeing every highlight, seeing the different videos of Giannis and all the different things that went on with Game 6 and winning it there, what was your favorite memory from the whole run? You know, I, I do think it was ultimately, despite, you know, the two, there were so many outrageous plays. I think the two Giannis plays from the finals, of course, have to re- rank right up there because of just how in- insane they were. But I think for me, it was still watching the players celebrate afterward and just the, the relief and the satisfaction and everything. Because even like, you know, the block, the value, all of these plays, like, I think after the value, especially less nervousness, but still a little bit of, like, the series is still going on, you know. There's still a little bit of worry or concern, as great as it feels, because we saw how good the Suns were. Bucks were battling back from down 2-0. But watching Giannis especially, like, Giannis talk about, you know, winning it with Chris and swearing on TV and, you know, <laughs> everyone crying, Bud having his moment. I just thought watching the championship celebration – uh, was the coolest part for me, which of course, you know, all these moments go into it. But for me still, I think when I see those clips, I probably get the most caught up in the moment. Yeah, and I think it makes it more special, and we've talked about this in the first hour, that Giannis was the superstar that led you to do it. It wasn't someone like that felt standoffish, that you admire from afar, to an extent like an Aaron Rodgers can be like at times where you understand how good they are and you love them as an athlete, but you don't really feel like you know the guy or relate to him in any sense. Whereas with Giannis, you feel like you know this guy. You feel like you've seen him grow up in Milwaukee. How much more special was it to have him lead you to a championship? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I think it was everything, you know. I mean, it was it like not even a, a year before that there was the the concern about his decision and, and potentially, you know, not signing the supermax and either getting a trade. And we've all seen countless times now, not literally, but you know, a superstar on a one-year contract who wants a trade is going to get their trade in the NBA. It's just how it works. We're seeing guys with four years left now who are trying to get their trade. So. You know, we went from that to Giannis committing to the Bucks and, and saying, you know, I'm not worried about what happened in the bubble. We got Drew Holiday now. 
we're ready to compete. And then not even a year later, hoisting that trophy. So I think, you know, you certainly can go back to Giannis being drafted. And I think we got to do that both with Mir and Fader's book and then Rise, that movie over the last year, and really focus a lot on that period of time, which is great. And the early Bucks years when they were terrible and he wasn't all that much better very early on. And obviously he improved fast to seeing him become an all-star, then the captain of the all-star team, MVP, and then finals MVP. I think it does make it more special, especially because he's been so likable, you know, all the way. I mean, there's nothing more Giannis than missing the first part of the trophy presentation because he's backstage FaceTiming Thanasis, who wasn't able to be there. And he wanted to share that moment with him. So I definitely think that it being Giannis, you know, the great, the best player in the league and, you know, on his way, probably the greatest block ever, certainly has a high trajectory for where he could fall for all NBA players all time with him being so young, with a lot of ball to play. Uh, but watching a guy who's that good, that great, and also that easy to root for, that easy to support, you know, it's not, there's so many, you know, disgusting, disheartening sports stories this summer. The fact that Giannis is the opposite of that, I think definitely makes it even more joyous to think back to that championship. Talking with Ty Windish from the Eurostep podcast, as we look back a year ago today, the Bucks were crowned NBA champions. For whatever reason, when Chris Middleton missed the Celtics series this year, we had some callers and you see various tweets that kind of, I think, understated how much of an impact Chris Middleton has. And coming back here, I played a highlight of Chris Middleton knocking down really the ceiling jumper in game six to clinch the NBA Finals last year. How important was he on that run? And how much of an impact do you think he can have, you know, if he's healthy, that the Bucs could maybe do it again? I mean, yeah, I think it's huge. And as much as you don't want to make excuses, and that certainly the Bucs don't and they shouldn't, you know, how many teams could survive their second best player going down and missing? a whole round against a team that clearly ended up being, you know, it put the Bucks aside, the best team in the East, certainly besides the Bucks. And this past year, I they can call the Celtics the best team in the East because they got out of the conference. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's massive. And despite, you know, is, is Chris the most consistent player? No, I think that's probably the biggest hole in his game is he's not the most consistent player, but he and Drew, who also I think kind of falls into that offensively, they showed last year that they, they're capable. They can do enough to make the Bucks great enough to win a championship. And I think, you know, if you can get those three guys and then your role players healthy around Giannis, you should feel great about Milwaukee's chances every year. And I've seen whether it's about Chris in particular or just other ways that, you know, John Horace supposedly needs to not run it back, quote unquote, despite, you know, I'm excited about Ingles. I'm excited about Bochamp. Getting Chris healthy is a big deal. But I, I just don't understand really the logic of thinking there needed to be some seismic shift with this team because, you know, the Bucks are trying to emulate the Spurs. I think Giannis being Duncan-esque and how he operates makes that possible. And I think you look at the Warriors, who still are rocking with Steph, Clay, and Draymond all these years later, still winning. I just I never saw, you know, the reason to try and upgrade from Chris or from Drew, if that's even possible, given the Bucks' assets, especially because you know they're good enough. So – I certainly think that his absence may 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 be understated. Uh, although I'm, you know, I know there's a lot of Bucks fans who bring it up pretty often, which I think is fair. It was a huge deal, um, but you know what what happened happened there in the second round. Um, but it's, it's of course it's a huge deal, and I think watching back those highlights and some of his huge games from the finals and throughout the playoffs, that shot against Miami, 
I think it's it goes without saying how important and how much of a difference maker Chris Middleton can be for this Bucks team. So looking back at that run, they went down 0-2 in the finals. They did it earlier in the playoffs as well. Not to say that you're any less of a fan than any of us, because I'm sure some of us lost hope throughout the time there as well. But there was there ever a point where you said, all right, you know what, it, I think it's going to be too much to overcome this year? Uh, 100%, the Nets series. The Nets series was the one. I, I think, I honestly... You know, late in the Hawks series, like when they won, I remember you're obviously elated that they get to the finals for the first time since 74. I mean, that's a great accomplishment. Bobby and Brooke and everyone stepping up to make it possible was one of the coolest, probably the most underrated part of that whole run is finishing off Atlanta without Giannis. But I do remember going into the finals thinking like, okay, Giannis might not play at all. Like, this is, it's great that we made the finals, but, like, is there even a point to this? And then Giannis playing game one and, and still looking pretty good and then putting up 40 in game two was like – I think game two was when I actually started to hope again. But there were times in the Nets series where I thought they were definitely cooked. And obviously, so many swings in that one series, but they were like the Rick Carlisle to the Bucks rumors cropping up in the middle of the series, and it seemed like the Bucks were done. They had just some pretty tough performances – so I would say kind of the middle of that net series, probably until like game four, game five territory. And then, you know, coming into the finals, not knowing Giannis's health, that was certainly concerning too. Like, is he going to be able to play? Is he going to look anywhere close to himself? Even now, looking back, there's no way he should have been able to play, certainly at that level in that series, right after turning his knee around, basically. But um, I, I think those would be the two moments that had me the most demoralized, but I was down the worst against Brooklyn, for sure. That series started off atrocious. And then, conversely, when did it really set into you that they were going to win this thing? Was it something that you were pretty confident going into Game 6? Because maybe it's just working with Bart in the morning and his irrational confidence that he had to put out chairs after going down 0-2 in the NBA (laughs) Finals that rubbed off on me, but... Uh, we have the clip from the show that we did the morning of Game 6, and we basically said, all right, we'll see you in the morning as we recap the Bucks winning the NBA Finals. We'll celebrate. Can't wait. And we basically celebrated that entire show before they actually won the thing. So I think Bart's irrational confidence rubbed off on me, and I just felt like they were going to win Game 6 no matter what. When did you kind of come over and say, you know what? They're going to be the NBA champs. Not until the end of Game Six. You, you guys were were more confident than I was. It's not that I not that I didn't think they could do it. I was more I, like again. I think after Game Two, even with the loss, going into Game Three, it was like, all right. I mean, they went two in Milwaukee. It's a three game series. I, I feel pretty good about that. If Giannis is going to look like Giannis, I think they can certainly win this series still. But I remember, you know, late in Game Six when it seemed like it was over, but the game was, you know, still going. You know, I started to get the tweets, you know, when you're known as a Bucks person online, obviously interact with a lot of people who root for other teams or just follow the league. You start getting the tweets like, oh, so happy for all my Bucks fans, friends, whatever, you get tagged in. And I was replying to all of them, like, during breaks in the action, like, stop, don't do this. Like, stop. Like, I've watched Wisconsin sports my whole life. <laughs> Until that whistle blows, I'm not there. Like, I've seen heartbreak up close too many times. Um, but I think, you know, I think it was PJ gets the rebound and you can kind of tell the Suns aren't falling. Like it probably wasn't until basically then that it started to hit me that they actually won. So I was quietly confident, but wanted so bad to not jinx it, especially after their only home loss in the playoff was a game I went to in person 
against Atlanta that uh, <laughs> I did not get too carried away like you and Bart may have done. Uh, a couple more for you, talking with Ty Windish from the Eurostep podcast. One more about the Bucks' run and then getting into this team uh, now. Looking at that championship run, do you think that anything can happen Wisconsin sports, whether it's a Brewers World Series, uh, the Badgers doing something, the Packers, or even another Bucks run? Do you think anything can touch that run that they went on? It would be so difficult. I mean, obviously I'm biased. I'm, I'm Bucks first, so I'm sure a lot of people would disagree. But I think you look at the stakes. They never let a series after 48 minutes. Down 0-2 to KD. Had to beat KD in Brooklyn. Had to beat Atlanta without Giannis. Go down 0-2 with injured Giannis and come back and win four straight to win in six. Giannis's first title. Giannis being who he is, not just to the Bucks, but to you know the game of basketball, the league. I think it's you know I don't want to of course go too far with someone who's 27 years old. I think, but. Um, certainly he's measuring up to be one of those all-time great players. You know, you look around the Brewers and uh, the Packers, I think the Packers it's almost difficult because they've gotten, they've, been, they've had more success in, in our lifetimes, right? Like it, it's really hard for a Packers championship, I think, to mean as much. Maybe a Rodgers last dance sort of thing, but still I just think the, the Bucks championship had so much you know, uh, in its favor, you know, maybe Rogers beats Tom Brady or something like that. It'd have to be pretty special. And for the Brewers, I don't even know. I mean, it would probably take maybe, is it like Corbin Burns and Josh Hader just having the most electrifying postseasons ever from a, a starter and a closer, something like that, maybe? It just feels so difficult to sketch out, especially with the team, you know, kind of limping into the break. But um, there were just so many stars aligned for the Bucks title. But one of our big takeaways we did a pod looking back at the championship that came out today was it really was like so storybook in so many ways. You really couldn't write it with all the things that went into this championship, PJ Tucker beating all of his Rockets teammates. Like it, it's so much in there um, that I think it would be really difficult, but I will admit I'm biased and totally understand if someone does have a different answer there. Talking with Ty Windish from the Eurostep podcast, just a couple questions about this current team as they look to get back to that point that they were at a year ago today. Marjan Bochamp looked pretty solid in the summer league. What were your thoughts on him and the first-round draft pick for the Bucks? Yeah, I, I wasn't huge on him before the draft, but I think first his personality. I, I don't know how you wouldn't be a fan, his reaction on draft night and Everything he said since then, it's just a guy who's clearly going to be very easy to root for and I think will fit in very well with the Bucks, which probably is a large part of why the Bucks themselves are so high on Bochamp. But I think in Summer League, I really like the fact that Milwaukee brought in some other guards who handled the ball more, whether it's Lindell Wigginton, who I thought looked like a stud in Summer League and really advanced his game, Hugo Basson, Marcus Graves, um, A.J. Green a little bit, but the fact that they allowed Bochamp to play off ball, because clearly that's what he's going to be asked to do in Milwaukee, right? Like you got Giannis, Chris Drew, and more five more players you could list off who are going to come in above him in the pecking order at least. Bochamp's going to have to be able to play off ball, rebound, and defend, and make those corner threes. And I thought those were all the things that he did exceptionally well. He's got, certainly got some stuff to work on. I thought some of his decisions driving weren't the best. His threes off movement weren't as good, but his set corner threes were very good, and that bodes well for him early. I think being able to defend at a pretty high level, hopefully out of the gate, and knock down threes could mean he has a rotation spot from the jump like Dante DiVincenzo, 
initially did when he was drafted by the Bucks at four or five years ago now. Final question here for you, Ty. How do the Bucks get back to the point that they were at a year ago today in the NBA Finals? With this team, how do they get that team back there? Um, I think first thing is, is stay healthy and, and get healthy. You know, Chris Middleton and, and Joe Ingles, who I really think, you know, it's such a divisive signing because the best version of Joe Ingles we've seen in the last two years is a player that I think would really put this team over the top, but there's just no guarantee you know, you're going to get that player coming off of the injury at his age. But, you know, you need to get and stay healthy. Otherwise, I think, you know, just a little bit of improvement from like someone like Javon Carter, who I think stands to benefit in the rotation. Bobby Portis, I think, has taken some big strides defensively. If he can keep that up, that's a big deal as well. You know, can you get Grayson Allen looking a little better in the playoffs? I do think both Bobby and Grayson probably look better against the Celtics if Chris Middleton is out there as well to take a little bit of, responsibility off their plate. But I think their big question is really going to be, what's the small lineup? You know, you've obviously broken Giannis against big teams is an amazing front court. We've seen a lot of success there, but there is no more PJ Tucker Giannis group. I think the Bucks were scrambling a little bit when not, not having one. And I do think the big contract given out to Bobby Portis right away to me signifies that they believe in the Bobby Giannis front court as the small option going forward. I don't see Bobby is a true center. Giannis, I think, is only kind of a part-time center. But that smaller, switchable group, can they really excel with those two at the 4-5 in your front court? I think yes. I think the Bucks believe yes. But that, to me, if, that, if those lineups look great all year, I'm going to feel really good about the Bucks next postseason. Ty, appreciate the time, man. Happy Bucks and Six Day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me, and happy Bucks and Six Day to all. There you heard from Ty Windish from the Eurostep podcast. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.